Hello, and welcome to Louisville's Best Podcast, a podcast about everything, nothing, and all things in between. You are Louisville's Best listeners, this is Louisville's Best Podcast, and we are so excited that you're joining us tonight. we got a full house. The four of us, free of will, are at Brian's house in his basement, and Aaron is on the phone in Texas. Aaron, first off, how are you doing tonight? And tell me, Aaron, tell me something goofy that happened this week. Oh, wow. Something goofy that happened? Yeah, Aaron, put um, you on the spot. All right. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I've got a bit of a headache. I feel like a weasel's crawling through my sinuses, but I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> here. Oh, yeah. If it parade, it's weasel stomping day. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. Did you just uh, stomp on a weasel? He just drilled his head. <laughs> I'm drilling out these sinuses. They're pretty bad yeah, today. It's <laughs> a great scene. I'm sorry, Aaron. Uh, is something goofy at all? Something goofy. Uh, Something that brought you joy this week, Aaron. Uh, they revealed that Gargoyles uh, actually figured they'll never be able to afford. It looked amazing. Figure of Goliath that's being made, made by NECA. And NECA's toys are so expensive. There you so. go. I'm glad it brought you joy. Uh, yes. John, how are you? Something goofy or something that brought you joy this week? Oh... Let's see, um, I'm doing good. Another week we're on spring break, so we're we're ready to go on that. Today was our last day of we had professional development training today, which is always fun for anybody who's ever been through one of those. And uh, just having the NCAA tournament back on television has been brought me incredible amounts of joy over last week. It's what my weekend's going to be this week: Saturday, Sunday, Monday, just watching tournament games. Even though, even though our boys, the Louisville Cardinals, aren't in it. Florida State's still playing. Though. Still playing. Yeah, so the Florida State's still playing. Play Michigan. So. It's going to be a rough weekend. Yeah, that's that's my week. That's that's it's been it's been a good one. <clears throat> Brian, how are you, man? And something uh, goofy or something brought you joy this week? Uh, I'm doing fine. And the thing that brought me joy was all of us getting together tonight. Gosh, that's always good. He's amazing. I I, I would say the, John's conversation on the. Uh, I mean, I found out that there's <laughs> other uses for wooden spoons. That's pretty good. Well, you know. The Patreon account of this podcast uh, was was on fire earlier. Yeah, the, actually, uh, it's more like OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, Charlie. How are you, man? What uh, what brought you joy this week, or uh, something goofy? Hmm. Um, I'm doing all right. Um. I still really like my job. I find that to be shocking. Like, I, not that it's not a good job. I just usually, you know, and I, I liked when I worked in psychiatrics, but it's just so weird. Like, it's so stress-free at my job. Like, by comparison, there are days when it's when it's tough, like, busy. Like, the um, so part of my job is to create new accounts for patients, um, for our new patients. And we'll go through, like, four weeks with no referrals. And then this week we got, like, 14. <laughs> so that yeah. was, like, and that was all on Wednesday. And that we have like a two week window to get them in to the mm-hmm. to the uh, to the clinic, so it was like, hey, uh, this is Charlie, and your doctor referred you to us. Who? Your doctor? Who? <laughs> you want to come or not? <laughs> but yeah, it's still it's still fun. Good. It's awesome. My wife, who is normally not a my a, wife, a jokester, uh, for Kenzie's birthday, we got uh, an inflatable Baby Yoda the child balloon that yeah. like. Uh, it's kind of weighed down, filled with helium, uh-huh. uh, and it's still the the air is still in it, and it's been sitting like in the corner of of the room. And uh, my wife, unbeknownst to me, put it in my closet. <laughs> so when I opened the closet, it oh, startled wow. me. 
So then I put it in her closet. And uh, then the next morning, I walk into the bathroom, and boom, it's, like, standing by the toilet. Scared the crap out of me. So uh, props to my wife for actually uh, being a, a jokester. <laughs> anyway, speaking of this week, the Snyder Cut of Justice League was released on HBO Max. Two of us on this podcast dared <laughs> spend four hours of our life watching Man. it. Two of us did not, and the other one just said, I just wasn't going to read about it. And that's Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. But uh, so John and I are going to give you some of our initial thoughts about Justice League, and then we're going to go into uh, some discussions uh, from there. Aaron, I know you've read it, so feel free to chime in and ask John and I any questions, okay, <laughs> along the way. But, uh, John, just some initial thoughts about Justice League to start up good. Okay, before we get started, we got to say spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah, so if you haven't seen any version of Justice League, okay, uh, we're going to be talking the Justice League movie. We're going to talk about all the spoilers, who dies, who gets their head cut off, what's that alternate reality, and who else shows up. So feel free to turn us off, but leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. All right, this has been your warning. All right, John, initial thoughts on Justice League. Blow Charlie's mind. Uh, that's that's hard to do, but, but the thing about it is, is that, like, Right from the start, I mean, even the first like twenty minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. you can already see that it's going to be it's got a different tone to it. The they have dumped that whole hey we're making a podcast. The little kids at the beginning trying to talk to Superman, and <laughs> he's trying his, to tell uh, them that the ass is home. Removed mustache. Yeah, and that's gone. And you open up at the very end of uh, Batman versus Superman, Colin Dawn of Justice, where they are just. Where Doomsday has just absolutely obliterated Superman, and he's dying. And that opening scene, though, is just so amazing because what they do with it is, is Snyder, at the very beginning of it, actually sets up, okay, how did this box come to life? How did it activate? And they and he does that through when Superman dies, his death, he hollers, yells out, and his death. His death Shout, rattle. His death rattle, yeah. Just, like, goes across the planet. Yeah. And at first I thought, oh, this is... But then the more I thought, was, oh, that's really eerie and really cool the way they did that. So even in the first 20 minutes of the movie, when it first starts out, you can really tell that there's going to be a total difference. Yeah, it, and I totally agree with you that, and you guys are going to uh, <clears throat> call me out as the homer that I am for Superman. But, like, it, it's the fact that the most powerful being on the planet is screaming out in pain and as a result it it reverberates all the way across the planet and the mother boxes had previously not called out to steppenwolf or to dark side because they knew there was a kryptonian on the planet to deliver or to save it and so by him crying out in agony and dying it activates the mother boxes to then call out to steppenwolf which which makes sense in that way, because in the original one... Uh-oh. Charles got a question. Oh, yes, sir. So, um, I'm trying to find a way to say this accurately. Did he say it is finished when he died? No, no, that, okay. is, that didn't go that It seemed far. very Jesus-like, the way that you're describing him. <laughs> well, it, well, but the whole but the whole mythos kind of is anyway. Is, you know, Savior comes in. I mean, I read a book when I was younger called The Gospel According to Superman, and it lines up all these things that the Superman mythos with uh-huh. the gospel and things like that. So, yeah, there is that kind of savior mythos in that. I mean, there, there is that there. I mean, he didn't say it was finished or anything like that. They weren't, they didn't go sacrilegious with it, but 
like Man of Steel. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> they didn't do that. Yeah, but the the waking up of the of the mother boxes and the way they did it actually made sense because the the, the theatrical version didn't make any sense. It's just you got this box on the Amazonian island and it's just like blah, 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 you know, and they're all standing around looking at it. Yeah, and it didn't make. A lick of sense, and this actually there's a there's a really cool scene that shows hundreds of years or thousand years in the past when Darkseid tried to come to Earth originally with the Mother Boxes, and the Amazonians and the uh, Atlanteans, Atlanteans and aliens and or something, the they had, and Green Lanterns the, and the there. gods, the uh, yeah. the Atlans, yes, the uh, the Appalachians, um, <laughs> the Floridians, everybody was there. Um, and Florida they, man defeats Darkseid, <laughs> and they and they defeated Darkseid, and but the the mother boxes were left there. It's similar to Lord of the Rings. The men took one box. The Atlanteans took one box, and uh, and uh, the, the Amazons. But it set up why there were mother boxes there in the first place, not just randomly. And now at the temple, a mother box. Yeah. Well, and the interesting about that is that scene that you see there is actually in the uh, original theatrical release but the bad guy they show in it isn't dark side it's it's steppenwolf yeah. so they recut that scene and that with, scene's not quite to no that time frame and the cool thing and another thing i thought it was cool about it is because they changed one of the characters because when in that battle when Ares mm-hmm. hits dark side with that axe it's actually the guy who plays Ares in the wonder woman movie so they did a real good job of continuity with that they showed him because I, I I watched I watched I didn't see that right off the bat because it's so fast. But I watched a YouTube video where a dude slowed the movie down to twenty five percent and watched the whole thing. It's, it took like an almost whole week to watch, but he 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 did it so he could see all the Easter eggs. That it's nuts. It was nuts. Absolutely crazy. But that's what he did. How'd you spend twelve weeks of your life watching? Justice League at twenty five percent. Yeah, but it, I guess it's worth a million views he had on his on his on his YouTube page. So. I have another question. So the character Steppenwolf is he born to be wild? Yes. Uh, well, yeah, he is. Of course, he is. Just, I do think Steppenwolf <coughs> still looks terrible. He looks like a goat. He looks, <laughs> but he looks terrible in a, in a better way. If that makes sense, he he, he, he looked like a chihuahua was stuffed in a uh, like armor. I'm not. I'm not trying to take up for him, but but the armor they put him in and the way he looked in the Snyder Cut was was far oh, better yeah, than what was, he looked sure, in, in the other one. Now the character itself and the CGI on him stuff was still kind of. Uh, I mean, uh, I think it would have been better if they'd had like a, if they'd done it more practically. Yeah. But the the main thing though about the Snyder Cut is the movie actually makes sense now. Oh yeah. Uh, as compared to the first version of it, when you have no idea what's going on, so uh, cyborgs really well explained. The fat the Flash is explained. The mother box are explained. What Steppenwolf's goal is, is explained, and what why about, they needed Superman. About, okay, Aaron, go ahead. What about Aquaman? I, I don't know what the scene is because I haven't seen it. But it's like returning to the sea, and they change the music to like a little girl singing or something. Well, what they do is is they oh, yeah. is well they it was it was like Celtic singing over him going into the yeah. sea. Yeah, and, they, and she like smells his sweater or something. Well, it's something not. No, I did think that was weird. Yeah. I, I will admit. Okay, that, but, that seemed like an artsy fartsy director. But Aaron going. is Aaron is kind of taking that scene out of context just because he read it. Is is. He comes in, and you, you see that Icelandic town, and he brings fish to him every year. So basically what they're doing is, I mean, the dude swims out to sea, underwater, you know. Yeah. So they're, they're perceiving him as this, like this a god. You know who he is? He's Quinn the Eskimo. Yeah. So it's good at, it's a good in this one, at the end of the first, in the original cut, 
he just kind of snips at Batman and just like swims off. But in this one, like the the whole town comes down and they like start singing this hymn to him as he like swims out the sea, which is which he me, saves their town every yeah. year. Yeah. So it was to me it was it was it was really I mean because somebody's like oh that was stupid but I, okay that's how you, these these people that's would these, respond. That's how these to that. Celtic weirdos are. Well, I mean they're Icelandic. I mean I'm not saying that they're weird, but I mean. I don't know. In that in that world, though, I mean, you got to put yourself in the context oh, of that world. It's not our world. But I'm defending world of, you, John. In a world of superheroes, that's the way people would respond to them as gods Aaron, you know, to some degree. any other stuff that you've read that you need more information on? I heard there was some cringy Josh Whedon scene that got cut or changed where Flash fell on top of Wonder Woman or something. Yeah, like that's said, I've never seen either of these movies. So I've never seen know. either of them. None. No, I, I haven't seen any DC movie since Man of Steel because Man of Steel was so bad. Man of Steel is not I, bad. It's it's not great, serious? but it's not. Oh, are I like you Man of Steel. I'm sorry, I like Man of Steel. I'm not going to cut. The man. I'm not stepping down on that. Zack Snyder has admitted he does not understand the appeal of Superman. The guy who is who helmed all these movies does not understand Superman, the linchpin of the DC universe. I will not watch any of these movies. Okay. Aaron, well, I will say. They get Superman very right in this movie. I didn't say it was the Marvel movies. I just <laughs> when Superman Dang, comes Aaron. back, Aaron, Aaron and he finally decides triggered. to fight Steppenwolf. <laughs> he is invincible. He is what you expect Superman to be. He just straight obliterates Steppenwolf. Like Steppenwolf is like me. But did he let like the Superman. whole city get destroyed and everybody died during the fight? Like he no. did Man of Steel. Aaron, I said they got it right this movie, not Man of Steel. <laughs> Okay, I'm so, just asking that he let everybody die. Aaron has time, transitioned like onto another film already. He yeah, is, he's, he's past this. Now he's stuck on. Oh, what, he's, about, what about Superman and Superman 3 when the robot cyborgs uh, come hey, out? That is way better. That's a, that's a horribly cr- creepy I am, movie. I am so this is one of the scariest <laughs> movies ever made. Oh, my gosh, I'm still horrified by that. Anyways, back to, back, to, back to Justice League Snyder Cut. I'm going to turn Aaron down. <laughs> now, so here's the here's the thing I wanted to mainly talk about before we, we kind of transition off, because I showed a clip to Brian and Charlie and John before we get started. It's the Batman dream sequence, which is supposedly oh, what... dream sequence. Exactly, by, by, uh, by Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of what Justice League 2 was supposed to be, but basically the implication is that they somehow did not defend Lois Lane and she died which made Superman go crazy and start killing the whole world. And now Batman, Deathstroke, Mera, The Flash, Cyborg, and The Joker by Jared Leto uh, are basically this renegade team. Charlie, uh, you got to watch it with us. How did you like that scene? I thought it was fantastic. Um, So I I don't think I've ever um, hidden my feelings. I thought Jared Leto was... Just gone awful as the Joker. <laughs> if they had, a, if he had have acted like this in Suicide Squad, he would have been one of the top Jokers ever. Like, you also, I've not had the feeling that I thought that Heath Ledger's version of the Joker was dumb. Didn't care for it. If he hadn't have died, it wouldn't have been as revered as it is. That's just my opinion. I have the right to be wrong. However, Jared Leto's performance in these five minutes was better than Heath Ledger did the entire uh, Dark Knight. In my opinion, well, I mean, because he played it like the comic book. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing. What, that's what I was going to say. He he did a good job of playing the dark version of the Joker. Uh, Mark Hamill does a great job playing the cartoony Joker. You know, uh, Mark Hamill's performance as the Joker in Batman: Mask of the Phantasm is top notch. 
but it's more that cartoony, silly, still disturbed, but silly. Whereas Jared Leto, the way he played it, the things he said were off the wall, the way the Joker, the more insane version of the Joker was. Inappropriate, but pushing Batman's buttons. And it just, it was, it was a good, good performance. Well, and it's really the first one that like you're talking about, even in the time that he was on there, it's really the first ones you found menacing. Right. And it's, it's because, Heath Ledger, I, I like the Heath Ledger Batman Joker. I mean, I, I don't like the always oh, wearing face paint garbage. That's kind of stupid. But I, I was okay with that with that version of it. But this one here was just like you're like, okay, I'm scared. Of, it felt like he's going to come through the screen. Well, the, the fact that his he's wearing like yeah. a, a breastplate made of a bunch of he's, you can't really tell in the beginning, but it's because it looked like it was actually like a piece of armor, yeah. but it's just like 30 or 40 badges. So you can tell that he's just randomly <laughs> gone around and killed cops. He's wearing a SWAT uh, yeah. bulletproof vest. vest. Yeah, and he's got just sheriffs and deputy badges. All sorts all of, of every type of police officer there is. The thing that stuck out to me is it's almost as if he's overacting, but like that's how you expect the Joker to come off. Like, But he's not overacting compared to how he did in Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, that's I, the agree, thing. I agree. He's Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. He is... Not overacting, he's portraying the Joker in a realistic way, which uh, can for come the off character. That, yeah, yeah. So this is a very side side story on this, but I, I kind of fits in. Um, so back in the eighties, the in my opinion, the greatest Batman Joker story ever written was was written by uh, Alex. Um, sorry, um, Alex Ross. No, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. It was the Killing Joke. Oh, okay. Alan Moore just revealed this year, so this is like 25 years later, that in the end of The Killing Joke, Batman kills the Joker, breaks his neck. Because they're having, like, in the last panel of the comic, they're laughing at a joke that the Joker tells, and it's just the shadows of them, but it shows them laughing, and the very last thing you hear, it, there's a crack, and Batman breaks his neck. I was expecting that to happen in this scene. The The drama between the two is so palpable because mm-hmm. Joker just pushes all of Batman's buttons and then at one point Joker goes from being menacingly clownish to just menacing. Like like John said, there was a, the expression on Jared Leto's face is genuinely disturbing because he, like, he goes from pushing his buttons to having his buttons pushed and you can tell that in any minute he would have just shot Batman in the face. Like there is no, not, just if he could have got away with it he would have. And then and he laughs again. You yeah. know, it's kind of their dynamic in the comic when he's written correctly in the comics. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. Uh, I mean... Um, that looked like a more interesting movie than, like, anything DC's done. Um, do you <laughs> forget that we just talked about Suicide Squad? I know. I know. <laughs> Brian, let me bring you in. I, I know you're not a big Justice League DC guy. We've laughed at the movies together. How did you feel, about, how did you feel about that dream scene? Did it look like something you would want to watch if they actually made it? I think so. I mean, like, I mean... Everything y'all pointed out was was on was on point. I mean, I think maybe because it looked like Leto's mouth had gotten busted in, so maybe the gold cap teeth were <laughs> what made him sound better and a better actor at that time. I don't know, but uh, it just it seemed to make it seemed to be like y'all have said. When I if I were to close my eyes and think of what would an inter a true interaction between Batman and the Joker look like? I mean, even with the Joker offering, like, look, man, as long as you got this card, this is a truce. And we all know, like you just said, Charlie, he he would have handed him the card and shot right through the middle of the card mm-hmm. and put a bullet in between his eyes if he could have. 
um, knowing that the Joker never means anything that he says, but yet trying to come across as, as this, like, well, well, hold on, look, here, yeah. here. And then laughing and joking, like you said. And then, of course, just the costume alone with the badges, the ma- I mean, the hair and everything, it was like, this is what, to me, th- this was the first thing that's, and to your point, it's five minutes long. But the sad part is, is that's probably the five greatest minutes of <laughs> all DC movies. Uh, period. Minus Suicide Squad. And Steel, starring uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, well, and even even and, for, and the and the basketball scene and Catwoman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I or don't know just what. Catwoman in general. I keep forgetting about that film. But brilliant sometimes Aaron, is just fleeting. <laughs> so DC, in some ways, I feel like has shot themselves in the foot because they've got a Robert Pattinson Batman movie coming out, and so now like they they teased this Justice League two where. Ben Affleck was actually a pretty good Batman. He's a good Batman. Yeah, he and he, he's like an intimidating Batman. Go ahead, Charlie. I'm just I was he's no Adam West. But yeah, I mean, well, who is right? exactly? But I think so Aaron now now, <laughs> now they don't know what, what do. to do, right? DC's going to go ahead with this Robert Pattinson vehicle of uh, that Batman movie, and and now everybody's going to be like, but what about the Snyderverse? So what's going on there, Aaron? So with with Marvel movies, you know where every movie fits in the timeline. DC, you have no clue which world you're looking at at the moment because the Wonder Woman movies and Suicide Squad 2 and all that has is in the Snyder universe, but it's not because now the Snyder Cut is a different universe. And then the Batman movie with uh, Twilight Boy, that's going to be in a, a different, you know, so it, it's so confusing. Uh, they either need to say there is no continuity between the movies, just go enjoy them, or, you know, say, no, here's the plan going forward. Yeah, because, like, in Suicide Squad, the first one, Batman's in it, and Jared Leto's in it as the Joker, and, and so they are, quote-unquote, part of that universe. But now uh, the the thing that they set in motion in Justice League, it, it kind of, does that wipe it out? Maybe they save Lois and it never happens? I don't know. Brian, which so, one? Which, I'm sorry. Aaron, so real, real quick, I know I've been bashing the Snyder Cut. I'm glad that the people who wanted this movie got this movie. That is something you never see a studio do. I don't know if they will ever do it again. Um, Aaron standing up for the man. You know, I, I mean, it's if this is what the fans want. It's not for me, but if it's for you, great. You know, I'm happy that you got this. Well, looking at it on Rotten Tomatoes, because after I got done with it, I also wonder what it looks like on there. And it had 23,000 people who had reviewed it. And it was getting like 94, 95% from the, not from the critics, of course, but from the yeah. from the fan view. It was it was, it was was doing really well. I mean, the, the score was really high on that, if you can believe what's on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, my thing about it is, is that you wish, looking back on it and seeing this cut that he did, it's like, okay, man, you see this. Okay, I know people have problems with Man of Steel. I like Man of Steel. Uh, Batman vs. Superman. Well, I ba- need to apparently watch these movies. Batman vs. Superman. Only one other thing I don't like about it is Lex Luthor. But even he was pretty decent in this yeah. cut of, yeah. of the Snyder cut. Is why why in the world could they just not get their crap together and stop trying to be Marvel and had done their thing? It just because because this here shows that they could do it. I mean, this shows that they had left him alone and let him put this out. The the whole. Cinematic DC universe may have been different. Same reason why we had to have Rian Johnson in Star Wars. It's Ryan. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, Charlie, based off what you know, 
Would you rather have a Robert Pattinson-driven DC Universe as Batman or Ben Affleck? Those are your only two choices. You can't say Adam West. Um, well, this is kind of a roundabout way of answering you, but that's one of the great things about DC Comics, that one of the few things DC, I think, has done better than Marvel is they've created Elseworlds. They do stories of their characters that are not in continuity. They've done, like, that um, Killing Joke, uh, Watchmen. Um, uh, what's Aaron, what's the one that's set in World War II? Um, Golden Age. Yeah. The Golden, Golden Age, Age, yeah. There's, yeah. there's so, many, so many great stories that DC has told that are just side stories that don't fit into the entire continuity. So... If they, if DC were to come out and present that, like these films don't connect, it's the same character, but in throughout the history of comic books, there have been inconsistencies because they're different universes. I would like to see that. I would like to see a a, a DC feature film based on the Watchmen television series, since they're not going to have a season two. There's so many things DC can do, so I don't have a problem with them making a Robert Pattinson film. It could be all right. I'll watch it. I. You know, yeah. or at least I say I'll watch it, but then I might see more trailers and be like, "Yeah, I'm good." <laughs> I, I mean, they, Suicide Squad uh, Two looks really good. Kind of makes me not want to see it. Suicide Squad One was so bad that it was good. <laughs> like it was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I've seen it over Her thirty times. Katana. She's got a sword. She's <laughs> coming back. You know what? You what I was going to say was uh, DC needs to come out and say that though. Like maybe they'll do that in the Flashpoint movie. Say, okay, here's all these different worlds, so it doesn't matter. Are they still or, making know, Flashpoint? Something? Yeah, I think they are based off the success of. Uh, there was some more casting announcements this week and Michael Keaton statements and stuff. So I think I think it's still going forward, though the actor has gotten into a lot of trouble lately. So I, I don't know. Yeah, knows, overseas but. stuff. All right, well let's change the topic real quick. John, you can get a Snyder cut film of, of any film out there based off that director where you get like an extended version you get kind of like their true masterpiece what movie are you getting the Snyder Cut treatment man that's a tough one because there's a lot of good stuff out there Mm -hmm. I think I would like to go back and see a a cut and I mean this is the ultimate movie for me though I'd like to see an expanded version of Empire Strikes Back just where they would add in I mean I know that's that's a different play because it's so old but at the same time if you had the technology you could bring it in and, and fix it and do all the stuff yeah definitely a four-hour uh empire strikes back i know they're talking about the possibility of doing a jj cut of episode nine but who wants to set through four hours of that <laughs> and i say that as a star wars fan <laughs> all right uh aaron and it can't I, be elite battle angel i had three of them of course you did uh I've got two. And one of them, John, just sort of mentioned, but not quite. Star Wars Episode Nine. I want the George Lucas cut. There was rumors that George Lucas had came in and had a shoot a bunch of stuff and had a script, and they trashed it all. I want to see what he would do with that train wreck of a movie. Misa. <laughs> no. Misa, bad guy. Misa, so I don't have seen him. All right, Aaron. Instead of the Emperor that just been Jar Jar. Oh, so so so. That's the ultimate Jedi. Yes. Oh, it's a bad door for you. He so went, I was trying. He to, went and hit just one device and one <laughs> ship to destroy every ship. No, nah, he just tripped over it and blew them all up himself. <laughs> Oops, it Jar Jar is the Flash. He trips on everything. <laughs> all right, Aaron. So I was trying to pick movies where the director had issues with the studio and didn't get to make their movie. So this next one, these are not good movies. Uh, Fantastic Four by John Trask or Tra- I don't know if his first name's John, but Trask, the one with Michael B. Jordan. Uh, everything about that movie that the director wanted to do got changed by the studio. 
So I have no, you know, he, I was curious to see what his original vision for that train wreck, that dog poo of a movie. A dog poo of a movie. <laughs> a dog poo of a movie. Uh, and then lastly, Are we all saying this? Aaron turned into Sean Connery for a second. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. It was a what dog a, poo of a, a movie. What a woman. Stop it, Aaron. Stop it. Winners, winners always cry What's about the their third best. movie, Aaron? <laughs> Your favorite movie, Island of Dr. Moreau. If you haven't seen the documentary, oh, the making of Island of Dr. Moreau, there was all kinds of drama behind the scenes and directors <laughs> hiding among savages and all kinds of crazy stuff. The, the documentary is way better than the actual movie, but I, I'm curious to see what the original director's plans because his storyboards looked insane. Did it involve Val Kilmer still tongue kissing a cat woman? Because if so, <laughs> it was still terrible. <laughs> so Brian, it was like. I get to make that noise in a while. <laughs> I got my. T- All right, my turn. I got my two. Uh, so the first one that came to my mind when you talked about that would have been an extended version of Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, nice one. And then the second one, second one staying in the Marvel Universe would have been Thor Ragnarok. I just think there could have been a lot more backstory with Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah. His character. I'm, like, I'm you know, all there for it. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of seeing how, you know, what other – because that was one of the things my neighbor and I were actually talking about the other day about the Marvel Universe and how – you know, we've been waiting for a Black Widow movie this whole time because we've heard, seen glimpses of her backstory through these, you know, the different like flashback memories and stuff. And yet we didn't know a whole lot about Wanda. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going to have a eight part or nine part episode with WandaVision. Like, and look at all the detail that we got out of that. And it's like, so, yeah. So then it's like, you know, again, what, what else could we have gotten out of Ragnarok or Winter Soldier? Could yeah. we see more uh, about Bucky? Winter like Soldier how they actually yeah, made like him so into Bucky. Or Falcon and, and, and the Winter what did you say? Falcon? Falcon, okay. Hard L, hard L. <laughs> All right. Uh, Even in the Winter Soldier. Well, that's kind of the way I felt about the first episode. So. Anyway. Uh, I'm sorry it wasn't said in I Love Lucy Land, John. I apologize well, for Well, you me. know, I was I was looking kind of for a black and white type of I was hoping it would be episode Smash. And, <laughs> <laughs> the 70s. So my one movie would actually be uh, not episode nine. It would be episode eight. I would like to see what J.J.'s or whoever else was shaving it, what they would have done in episode <laughs> eight instead of Ryan Johnson and uh, his decision to kill off the main villain, the decision to make Ray's parents nobodies, which they had to retcon and all that. I've just been like interesting to see the continue uh, continuality there for me. Go ahead, Charlie. I ahead. would like to see a actual full-length film uh, that was in, in a classic American film had a scene that alluded to a a film that should have been made. Um, I would like to see Gandhi 2, the sequel, <laughs> from UHF. That sounds good. <laughs> good. No more <laughs> passive resistance. <laughs> Steak, medium rare. Um, I would actually like to see an extended cut of uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That's such a good movie, and there was so much more um, mythos to it that could have been explored. I would. I really wish that they would make a Jack Burton film, like today. Kurt Russell could play Jack Burton, and it would be amazing. Jack Burton TV series, I'd watch it. The there was a rumor in the ninety or in the early two thousands that Timothy Oliphant was going to play um, Snake Plissken in a remake of Big Trouble in, or in uh, Escape from New York, yeah. actually a prequel. I would like to see Timothy Oliphant play every character that Kurt Russell has played: <laughs> Overboard, Tombstone. I mean, all of them. Captain Ron. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like more of Captain Ron in your life or any of our thoughts, give us a like on Facebook. Check us out, Louisville's Best Podcast. Uh, 
go to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Give us a subscription. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcast, podcasts. Whether it's Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Just listen to us. Give us a like. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. And uh, I'm sorry, Brent. We'll don't catch you later. Aaron. If you want an interesting take on Superman, check out Events Full this weekend on Amazon Prime by Robert Kirkman.